I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. All right, show of hands, party people. Who among you, when someone sneezes in your presence, do you feel compelled to say, bless you? Oh my gosh, so many of you. Okay, hands down. Who among you does not offer bless yous to sneezes? Am I the only one? Thank you. Because I'm feeling like if somebody sneezes, they're on their own, right? <laughs> so it's interesting. We can explore the psychology of that later, everybody. But blessing is a weird word in our culture right now. Um, it's a religious word. We heard it in the gospel today. It's in the Bible. But it's got all kinds of strange overlays that come with it. Some of those are because of the influence of the prosperity gospel. Like blessing becomes this like reward or something if you did good stuff. But putting that toxicity aside even, like we use blessing in all these different ways. We bless our food. We bless uh, each other when we sneeze or not, right? Um, we also use it as like, like a side-eye insult. Bless your heart, right? <laughs> and so it can like be hard to understand what Jesus is doing with the word when he's using it in the gospel. Because he's talking about blessings. He's extending blessings. He's also extending woes, which was kind of hard to hear, right? So what's going on with this? Let me give you a couple of categories. First things first, when you run into a word in the Bible, one, there's this thing called like principle of first mention, where if you see this word, like if you find the place that it showed up first, it can help you understand what they're doing with it later. And so this word blessing, the first time it shows up in the scriptures is in Genesis. And it's when God creates the heavens and the earth, um, and the first thing that gets a blessing are animals. Um, fish, birds, rabbits, dogs, maybe. Um, and cats. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> There's no reaction to the dogs. Maybe the dogs don't deserve it. But they get a blessing, and the blessing is like God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So there's this way that blessing is like this, this gift in creation to extend God's own life-giving, um, generous, grace-filled energy into the world. In the ways that God has done it, that it has created the whole creation, God is partnering with elements of creation to work with God in extending that same blessing. Okay? You follow me on blessing? Um, which is why when sin and death enter the story, um, it is through a family that God's like, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Like God wants, God's going to get what God wants, and God wants this whole thing healed, restored as it's meant to be. And blessing is part of the energy that God puts forth into the world and that we get invited, or our dogs, to put forth in the world too. All right? Are you with me on blessing? Okay. So to understand the woes thing, you have to look back at some of the cool, like, symbolism stuff that Jesus does in his ministry. Um, part of what you find him doing to help people understand what he's up to is Jesus is wrapping, constantly wrapping, like, the story and symbolism of his people, the Israelites, around himself. Basically to say, the thing that God started in the beginning and is the promise to heal sin and death it was going through Abraham and all of our people. Now it has come to a bottleneck and it's, come, it's happening through me and my ministry. That's why Jesus takes 12 disciples. It's like one for each of the 12 tribes. It's why Jesus gets baptized at the Jordan River. 
It's where like his people enter the promised land, uh, Passover, Eucharist. The, these are things you see Jesus doing frequently. In this case, Jesus is doing the thing that Moses did before his people entered the promised land, which was with God giving them a series of what are called then blessings and curses. All right. But again, blessing is not magic, nor is curses. The curses are basically like this description of if if you live your life this way, the consequences will be catastrophic to you, to your neighbors, and really to the whole creation. If y'all are, are the ones we're working with to put this thing back together, be part of the solution, not the problem. So in this little part of the Sermon on the Plain that Luke is doing, Jesus is, is offering blessings and curses, woes. He's like, there are two paths. I set before you two paths, life and death. So living in this way facilitates this flow of like generative love and energy and uh, healing, life-giving power. Um, but if you were to live in a way that it's just your whole principle and purpose is about enriching yourself, if it's about filling your belly at the expense of other people, if it's about propping up your own ego, searching for power, it will erode your society from the inside out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so we do. So this is kind of what Jesus is working with. Now what's interesting is the very next thing he says to his disciples. Because he sort of established, there are going to be these two paths, life and death. Choose one. And now he's going to establish this like ethic for them to live in this world. And the very first teaching then is, um, here's how to deal with people that persecute you. Right? Bless them. Right? Um, love your enemies. Uh, be, be kind to the people that abuse you. Like, he starts to offer this alternative ethic that really should be alert us to the fact that over the course of Christian history, um, Jesus's people um, have not always been on the top end of the power structure. In fact, the readings all this week uh, for this Sunday, this All Saints, are about like trusting the sovereignty of God, meaning there will be times when it does not look like God is actually accomplishing God's purposes in making all things new. It'll, there'll be times that things are sketchy enough, hard enough, difficult enough that you will doubt whether God can actually accomplish this or not. Don't quit. Hang in there. God's going to get what God wants. Okay? Um, which is a good thing to remember. Because I don't know if anybody else knows, but there's like an election next week. Does anybody know this? Has anybody noticed that there's like, I know, right? Yeah, you should go vote. It's Tuesday. Uh, you can find your polling station. But like, when, when you think about, where did I put my bulletin? When you think about our politics today, tell me if these words sound familiar to you. Um, hate, abuse, enemies, cursing. That sounds a whole lot like almost every ad I've seen like, for politics in the last, I mean, in the last long while. Like, we're in this really particularly toxic time. And it is dark because our politics have become not about, like, solving problems, which is what they're meant to do. It's become, again, uh, about the acquisition of power in a kind of a Machiavellian sense. And it's really just about poking the other team in the eye. And then when you misbehave, it's like, well, I can do that because they did it first. Right? That's the stuff that, like, makes us mental, right? And, like, we live in a season where that influence consistently is impacting the church. And 
what's helpful, what is good news today is that Jesus is like, oh, in the face of hate and abuse and cursing and mourning, I know exactly what you do in the face of that. You extend blessing. In the face of that, you bless. You pass on God's good love, life gift, but they don't deserve it. Exactly. Because nobody does. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the church getting painted as people that witness for the opposite of blessing those that persecute, loving enemies, being the people that takes second place and serve. Like, we need a new alternative Christian witness, and that is up to us. Will we live that way? That's part of what we get challenged with in baptism, because here's what's going to happen. You are going to grow up, and you're going to watch how we live, and you're going to listen to how we talk, and you're going to pay. I know. I feel scared, too. Um, you're, can I have one of those goldfish? Okay. And you're going to watch how we eat together, and what's going to happen is you will learn what it means to follow Jesus by watching us. I know. But that's why it's good that there is a Holy Spirit to empower us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to point out when we get caught up in the nonsense and sucked off course. But I am not going to leave you with just the promise of the Spirit. I'm going to give you a tool. All right? So here's the exercise. Some of you have done this with me before. I want you to right now in your mind think about the person in our contemporary political discourse that drives you the most insane. The one that you're like, oh my gosh, they, when, they, when I hear their voice, I just want to pull, call my eyes out, pull my hair out. I've already started. Um, the one that it just, you're like, ugh. Like the, the one you're most inclined to look at and be like, they are evil. Only one. They're only one for now. <laughs> For now. All right, so does everybody have theirs? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I want to invite you to do. Close your eyes. Summon their face and name kind of to mind. Hold them in your presence, in your mind's eye. And now I want you to pray blessing on them. I invite you to pray that they will know deep, sustaining love from God. Pray that they will have peace. Pray that they will know harmony and wholeness. I know. Okay, open your eyes. How did that feel? Terrible. Did, it felt terrible. Did, it, did anybody feel that thing in you that resisted it? And then like when you kind of pushed forward into it a little bit, it was like, it was like uncomfortable, but then you're like, okay, almost like stretching a muscle, like it, it resists and then it lets go. That inner work is what we are invited into as disciples of Jesus Christ. That is part of our witness as saints living in this time in this place. Um, I invite you to it, especially over the next three days, but over the next couple of years, as long as it takes. But what you're going to start to find is the more you do that, the more it will change you. It will shape you. God is strong enough Grace can change all of us. And the more we extend it, the more we receive it. So friends, go forth and bless them all in the name of Jesus so we can then be a blessing. Amen.